0: Hi, this is Ivy Owens and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Have Sex. This weekly podcast features Three questions answered by international expert Tracy Cox, the author of 17 books, including her most recent book, Great Sex Starts at 50. In fact, if you want that book, you can go to chroniclebooks.com and use promo code GREATSEX at checkout for 30% off. So if you want Tracy's latest book, Great Sex Starts at 50, enter GREATSEX at checkout on chroniclebooks.com. Now enjoy our three questions. And if you want to submit your own questions, go to ziviowens.com slash sex and anonymously enter questions you'd like Tracy to answer. Now enjoy, get excited. And if you find you loved this episode, please subscribe to the podcast. Give us a rating, write a review. It all helps. And if you really love the way I do this podcast, check out Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books and Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight, plus Wake Up and Write for more podcast fun. Hi, Tracy. How are you today? <laughs> Hi, thank you.
1: Looking forward to this.
0: Me too. This is so fun. Okay. We have three great questions today that I'm very excited to hear what your answers are going to be to. Okay. The first one, we'll start out sort of mild so I can work my way up to some of the more racy questions. Okay. Question number one, my partner is very close to a woman at his work. They joke that they're each other's work husband and wife. I don't think anything is going on, but he does talk about her a lot and they often have lunch together. Am I right to feel threatened? She's also married.
1: Tracy, what do you think? Well, I think that there are a lot of people out there who are probably getting quite nervous about the fact that. Their lockdown's over and they're going back into the office again because of things like this. It is a big deal. Now, look, it's probably innocent, But I always say in this scenario, keep your eyes not just open, but wide open, because there are many reasons why work relationships, where people get on really well, are threatening to the primary relationship. And the first one is that they spend so much time together. I mean, when we're working in an office, you're there nine to five minimum, that five days a week. You know, they know us better. Our work colleagues know us better than our spouses do half the time, because and they get to see the real us. They get to see what we're like, you know, when Roger Press. We get to see what we like when we had a bollocking from the boss, whether we're generous or not, you know, when they do the whip around for the presents, when we're tired, when we're hungover, they see us, you know, in every single possible scenario. And if they like us, it means that they accept us flaws and all. And this is where it's a danger, because that is a very nice feeling. And there are plenty of relationships where that's not happening where you don't feel like you accepted flaws and all so that's danger number one the other danger is that often and this i think is peculiar to men men are sometimes more honest with their work wives than they are their real wives and i think particularly old-fashioned men who like to be thought of as the man you know like and they don't want their wives to see them as anything less than so they're much more likely to admit a vulnerability or that they've done something stupid to a work wife because it's pretty hard to keep that up this i'm amazing so when somebody's with you like you know all that time so so they'll tend to admit insecurities to her rather than you so you look better in their eyes but the problem with this is that it's a very big problem because we are closest to the people who know the most about us and that is so true so if he's telling her all his insecurities and vulnerabilities and being far more open he's closer to her so you know we we need to be honest with each other even if he's talking intimately to both of you at the same time say having the same conversations with you and her how do you know whether she's on your side or not like if she thinks the way you think if she has the same opinions and she's going to back up you know he comes into work and says oh I had a big row last night and so and so this is you know my wife got really upset about this if she's on your side and says well, well that's just stupid you know like I can see her point and blah 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 great but if she's not the same as you and says well I can totally see why you got upset and and thinks differently and says well hang on I don't know why you're okay about this because you know I would get really upset that's not okay so it's it's you're sort of threatened by so many different sides really when somebody does have a great relationship like this and the other thing is familiarity breeds lust mm. research shows that the more time we spend together the more attractive somebody becomes to us. Now, if there is zero physical attraction, this doesn't count, of course, but if there is even the slightest attraction, the more you're together, the more that that can turn into something else. And what happens at work is that eventually, if you're that close, there will be a moment. And by a moment, I mean, bit too many drinks at the pub, the office Christmas party, where perhaps one of you or both of you Just have that fleeting thought, like what would happen if I took it further? Now, if your partner's away at a stag do in Romania and they have a snog on a dance floor with some random person, that's a horrible betrayal. But if he has a kiss with his work wife, that could be life changing, couldn't it? So now I've made everybody completely dodgy or feel not dodgy, completely paranoid about any work relationship. Are you rethinking everything, Zippy, and thinking, oh, my God? No, I was actually thinking, what about the
0: people who are going back to work who have Mm. feelings for someone perhaps at work that they haven't seen in a while? Like, what if it's the wife? What if it's the wife who has a work husband who depends on her, who hasn't seen them, and, you know, I don't know. What 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 do you what do you do if like you're the person who has those feeling like that emotional connection with somebody else? Or should you just stop talking to them?
1: No, you can't do that, but I think you do have to put in boundaries. So we almost reverse the advice. So stop like talk about stuff that's not intimate don't tell them you know you work husband or i mean you have to really set up boundaries you know one of my friends i thought god you're so good she's in a marriage she's not even in a very good marriage actually but she met somebody at work and she said to me this is going to be dangerous this is really going to be dangerous if i get really friendly with him and he was super keen to be friendly with her because they just naturally had chemistry and she literally kept him at a distance. She was like, no, I do not want to go for lunch. No, I do not want to have that after-work drink. And because she knew that if she let it even get a little bit of air to breathe, it was going to run away with her. So I think just don't take, you know, it's great if you get on with somebody at work, but you know, everybody knows deep down inside, if they have a little bit of an attraction to somebody, whether it's a little bit more than just a friendship, just be very, very careful of that.
0: The fact that everyone has, can just feel attracted to different people that they meet along the way, it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with your existing relationship,
1: right? Of course not. Of course not. I mean, gosh, the world's full of attractive people and you know, there's no, it's not a threat to your, you're not being betraying your partner by having a relationship with somebody or a friendship with somebody who you find attractive. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying you have to ring fence it. You really have to be aware that don't put yourself in those situations where you might have that moment, particularly if it involves alcohol. Sorry, my voice is gone. So don't go out and have big drinks with the person because that is just a recipe for disaster. And the other thing I would suggest, which sort of works in reverse of both of you, make sure your partner meets that person. And that was, I was going to say, with everybody who's paranoid about their work partners, work wife, and husband, there are three things that can you can really tell whether or not somebody is. Dodgy, whether something dodgy is going on, and the first thing is, are they happy about meeting each other? And there are two. So you know, say something is going on. There, he's not going to want you to see that there's an attraction there because it will be evident, and vice versa, if you've got something for someone at work. But and the other thing is, is if one of you is secretly hoping that it will continue and just or go further. You don't want the person to see you with your partner because it makes them real. And there's that saying like a wife at home is a concept, a wife in the flesh makes the marriage real. And it's very true, isn't it? So if you see, I mean, especially if you've been saying to them, like if you're the person that fancy them, oh yeah, my relationship was not that good. And then suddenly they see you together and it's great. <laughs> that puts them off. <laughs> the other thing is how warm is the person when you meet? Like if, if they have their eye on your partner, they're not going to be, they're going to be a bit cool, a bit distant. They're going to really check you out. If they have no designs on their partner, they're going to be like, oh my God, he talks so much about you. And, you know, and you'll feel very included in their friendship. So if you feel included, it's not a problem. If you feel very much like, you know, the hackles on the the hairs on your back are like sticking up, then instincts are good. Instincts are strong. We should trust our instincts more. And the other thing is, do they lie about how much time they spend together? Because And people often say to me, well, I didn't tell her or I didn't tell him because he gets jealous about it. And, yeah, I get that. Right. But you're still making a choice then. So if you know your partner is not going to like something and you still do it, you're you're basically saying or, you know, you're basically proving that your relationship with that person is worth more than your relationship with your partner. So if they're jealous, you need to respect those boundaries. And if you find out that your partner is seeing them outside of work hours and the sneaky text in the loo, yes, something could well be going on. I know I sound a bit paranoid about this, but I see it happen so often. So many, it hasn't happened to me, but I mean, I've seen so many people over the years meet somebody at work. That's where the affairs start. It's always in the workplace. So we need to be a bit cautious about it all. Wow. Okay. Everybody's going to
0: be, uh, you know... <laughs> Like, who did you talk to at work today? Where did you go? Who did you have lunch with? Anyway. Okay. So question number two, I (laughs) I have to be quiet when I ask these questions. I don't orgasm during sex. What's wrong with me? My partner says he's never had this problem with other women. I'm worried he'll leave me if I don't sort this out.
1: Right. Well, I mean, there's two ways I can interpret this. You could be saying that you can't orgasm during intercourse with your partner or that you can't orgasm at all with your partner, no matter what technique you you use. But the glaring thing in that question to me is feeling that your partner will leave you if you can't have an orgasm with them. Now, any partner who makes you feel like that isn't worth being with. Anyway, number one. And I mean, I don't know whether you've just assumed that because his other girlfriends apparently did and you don't that that you're assuming that he's thinking he's going to leave or whether he's made it clear. But if he has made it clear, I think you need to rethink your partner. Forget the worried about the orgasming with him, but you rethink your partner. And. You know, the pressure alone, knowing that, you know, you you feel this way, of course, you're not going to have an orgasm, no matter how aroused you are, you probably can't even get aroused if you're feeling that intense pressure. So that could well be the problem. And I mean, the thing is, I think you need to have a chat with him to clear the air and, and also give him a bit of a female sexual response anatomy lesson. And maybe you need one, too. Maybe we all need a good lesson because... I'm going to repeat this several times during the answer to this, only 20% of women can orgasm through intercourse without clitoral stimulation, only 20%. That's a tiny, tiny amount. So if he's claiming that all of his girlfriends have all been able to orgasm through intercourse, he is lying. If he's not lying, and this is probably more likely, they're lying. And this is the thing. It's it's <laughs> they're their own worst enemies, Zippy. They are their own worst enemies. And I've been guilty of it before as well. You go into a relationship, you have sex for the first time, intercourse for the first time, and Even though you know that everybody knows, well, most sexually educated people know that it doesn't happen because the clitoris is outside the vagina, not inside the vagina, and all orgasms originate from the clitoris, you still feel this pressure because in movies, on TV, everybody has an orgasm during intercourse. And you also know that Susie before you and Jane before her probably faked it during orgasm so you want him to like you so you then fake it and then you think well I'll just fake it in the beginning and then later on I'll tell him that I need a bit more stimulation etc added stimulation and then after a year it gets to the point where you think well I can't really turn around and say hi by the way I have never ever had an orgasm during intercourse with you and this is what I need and so it can continues on and i don't i mean when are we going to stop lying about this it's women you know we've known this for two thousand years it's not like it's a new discovery it was in the karma sutra we've known this forever so i mean it's just absolutely ridiculous so sorry about the rant but i just hope before i leave this planet (laughs) that this is all sorted out and everybody just stops lying and pretending because it's it doesn't it's not doing anyone any favors so if your problem is that you can't orgasm during penetration you need to start choosing very female friendly positions for intercourse and that means a position where One of you can put your hand down and stimulate the clitoris at the same time. So you can do this by either using your fingers or because fingers tend to get knocked out the way with thrusting, use a very slim vibrator. And you don't have to have it directly on the clitoris. You can put it to the side and sort of press it in to the side of the labia or the mons. And that way you're stimulating the inner clitoris. And that way it doesn't really get in the way. So, or you can use what everybody does and do the whole she comes first thing, where you have your orgasm first either with him, with a vibrator or through oral sex. And then he has his during intercourse. Now, so that's if it's an intercourse problem, right? The other scenario is that maybe no technique works. And maybe, you know, I mean, there are so many women who can orgasm perfectly fine during masturbation, but the minute you put them with a partner, they just can't do it. They just cannot do it. And the reason why it's so easy is because when you're on your own, there's no pressure. You don't say to yourself, now, if you don't have an orgasm, now I'm going to get really annoyed with you. It's going to be make me really upset and I'll think you don't love me, right? You know, we also don't say, can you just hurry up with this? Because otherwise my neck's going to be really sore and my tongue's going to be really sore. And, and so there's no pressure. So of course you're going to feel more relaxed and have an orgasm. And of course, the other thing is method. Nothing, maybe your tongue, maybe, but pretty few things come close to a vibrator for stimulating the clitoris effectively it is the most effective way to do it so of course it's going to be easier to have an orgasm with a vibrator so don't beat yourself up about that just say thank you god for inventing vibrators because they are amazing right (laughs) so if i was if i was you with this guy i would just say to him look i know it's important to you or i it's important to me that i orgasm with you so the easiest way for me to orgasm is with my vibrator. How about, you know, we use my vibrator or you use my vibrator on me in bed. That way I'll get used to having orgasms with you because with some women it is about loss of control or embarrassment, things like that. And then once that's all become commonplace and we're used to doing it that way, then we can explore other techniques that will, you know, and that way, that will make it easier for me to orgasm with you. So how about that?
0: Okay, well, just to make it clear, whenever you say Oh, sorry. I know the sirens. I'm so sorry. Just to, just to make it clear, whenever you say you and your guy, you are not talking to me. This is the universal you. Okay. I'm talking to the woman who said the questioning. Okay. Thank you. Great. Just making that super clear.
1: I know. It's always like, do I talk to you or talk to the person? No, no,
0: it's fine. I was just flagging it in case. I don't know. Just like putting it on the record. Sorry. Okay. (laughs) Question number three. My partner has stopped wanting sex. Quite honestly, I'm secretly thrilled because I have too. But is our relationship doomed because of it? Should I say something?
1: Yes, you absolutely must say something. And the biggest mistake you've made here immediately is to assume that because your husband stops initiating sex, it means he doesn't want to have sex anymore. Because there could be other reasons going on. And, I, and I've said it before and I'll say it a hundred times. If your partner's over 40 and he used to love sex, and now all of a sudden he's avoiding it, it's generally erection issues. And so don't assume that he doesn't want to have sex. It could be that he's just ashamed of, you know, his penis not performing the way it used to. So you need to have a talk about it. And there are many, many reasons why you need to have a talk about it. Even if you think this is, you've been together for decades and you think, right, this is obviously just the natural decline of our libidos, it's happened naturally, it feels like it's the right thing to do, you still must have a conversation. And the reason why you must have a conversation is because, I'm sorry, relationships can survive without sex, but they cannot survive without affection. And if you don't have the conversation to say, okay, we are now not going to have sex anymore, people get really awkward with affection because they don't want to, you know, be affectionate to their partner for fear it's seen as initiating sex. So both of you stop being affectionate and then your relationship is in dire straits. Like I said, it can survive without sex, but it cannot survive without affection. And this is why you must have the chat. And it doesn't have to be a huge, big, long, drawn out, elaborate thing. I mean, a couple I know who stopped having sex, I said to her, well, you know, did you, when did you actually have you actually made it official and she said she said seriously she said I got into bed one night I looked at him and I just said to him do you mind that we don't have sex anymore and he said no actually I don't I feel like they've been together for 50 years or something and he said as long as we keep cuddling I'm fine with it are you and she said yeah I am that was it that was the child <laughs> <laughs> so there, there is a moment that is crystal clear that you are both at this point in your lives, not wanting to have sex again, you can leave the conversation open, but it's really important that you make this clear so that affection doesn't stop because it it really does get in the way. Even if you don't think it's going to, it will. Whether you're doomed or not, if your relationship is in great shape, there is no reason at all why you can't have a great relationship without sex. Okay, sex is great, but it's not the be all and end all. So long as everything else is fantastic, so long as there's love and there's playfulness and there's you know, and, and you have a great time together, you're doing new things, you're traveling, you've got great friends, you know, you've got a lot of stuff going on. Then sex is the icing on the cake; it's not the main ingredient. Okay, if you were, like- but then aren't you just friends? No, Aren't you well, just great friends? No, I don't agree with that because I mean, I, was, I, I would think long and hard before I took sex away from a romantic relationship, because the thing is sex smooths over a lot of rough parts in the relationship, right? So if you take that away, it does, it means everything else has to be even bigger and better to keep you together romantically. But in some scenarios and the most obvious scenario is if you have a couple like my friends, they've been together since they were 18. They're now 60 odd. They've had a lot of sex, Zippy, over the years. You know, they are they kind of bored with that now, just as you don't want to go to a nightclub anymore sometimes. When you're in your 60s, you might want to not have sex anymore. And they are definitely more than friends. They are absolutely husband and wife in every sense. So I don't think just because you remove sex, it turns it into a friendship. It can. I mean, there are plenty of couples who, you know, the thing about sex is that if you don't keep having it together, you do start to develop sibling-like feelings and then it feels weird when you have sex that is more dangerous for your relationship actually than saying do you know what I don't really feel sexual at the moment can we just park it for a year or so so there are many reasons why people stop having sex it might be that one of you gets ill and can't have sex anymore so there are scenarios where it is you know so it doesn't necessarily become a friendship is to answer your question but with one enormous caveat for all that, both of you must agree, because where it doesn't work is when one person wants to have sex and the other person doesn't. And that's a whole different other thing. But if you are gonna not have sex anymore, you need to double the affection. You need to, once you've got away from this whole, oh my God, are they going to misinterpret this infection? Cuddle more, kiss more, hold hands, really be super affectionate. Be playful. Just because, you know, you're not going to have sex doesn't mean that all your sexual hotspots are contaminated or you can't, you know, they're off limits. Like slap each other on the bottom. Let him tweak your pull as a bit of a joke. You know, sleep together naked. Don't stop being sensual just because you don't want to be sexual because there is a big difference and also keep the discussion going because you might find which couples often do that once you take the pressure off and you don't you say look you know what this sex business let's just give it away suddenly the idea becomes appealing And also don't be sort of surprised if one of you changes your mind and don't panic if one of you changes your mind, And if you're thinking, oh God, I thought we had that overdone with because, you know, there's always a compromise. If if you have a good relationship, you will always find a compromise. So there will be some sort of sexual activity that you can agree on. So it's not ideal to take sex off. And I would strongly advise that people keep going because it's got so many emotional and physical benefits. But, you know, if you, if both of you decide that you don't want to have sex anymore, that's fine. Fine. Okay, sex tip of the week. Okay, try everything within reason once is my tip for this week. Because, I mean, seriously, if your partner wants you to dress up as a clown and suck their big toe, so what? (laughs) Who's it going to (laughs) hurt? Who's it going to hurt if you do that? Indulge them just that once and try not to judge. Because, I mean, so long as it's not... (laughs) You're imagining this. So long as no one's being hurt physically or emotionally against their will you know, try not to just judge and just indulge. And if you don't fancy doing that, dressing up as a clown and sucking their toe, just suggest something else new because most of the time when someone wants, you know, suggest something to do, it's often that they just want variety. That's the thing to do.
0: I love it. Okay. Toe <laughs> so sucking clowns. Here we come. Tracy, thank you. This was so fun. I loved these questions. So useful. So great for all different periods of life. So That's awesome. I can't wait for our next
1: session. It's fun, isn't it? Thank you. Thoroughly enjoy it every week. Bye.
0: Uh, Thanks for listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Have Sex. If you want more, listen to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books and Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight, plus Wake Up and Write. Thanks for listening. Don't forget, please leave a review, rate, subscribe, all of that good stuff that helps this podcast get on the charts.